following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. This is another, this time, solo episode of Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for this week or for this episode, Kyle Ranney. Uh, unfortunately, our normal co-host, Gary Hull, is a little bit under the weather, so uh, hopefully he feels a little bit better soon. He'll be rejoining us by the end of this week. But, alas... For this episode, I will be talking to you mano y mano, hopefully teaching you guys something. Uh, so welcome back. Pull up a chair. Today we're going to kind of get started on this upcoming season's fantasy relevancy of players. Shall we say schedule relevancy for players? Uh, but first we'll get underway with a little bit of news in the NFL around this week. Uh, the 49ers, just about a week or so after signing Wide receiver Mark Easley have announced that they will waive him. The Las Vegas Raiders have caught defensive lineman David Irving, former uh, starter for the Dallas Cowboys. Denver Broncos edge rusher Bradley Chubb has announced he's had a minor ankle surgery. Aaron Rodgers has state or is not at OTAs with the Green Bay Packers, has stated he's not mad at Jordan Love, but more or less mad at the team at the way that their dysfunction has gone about. Uh, still sounding like some trouble in paradise there for Green Bay and Green Bay fans. Uh, it might be the summer of love all over again, and I guess we'll see how that shakes out post-June 1st uh, when a little bit of cap money might be saved by doing so. Uh, a bit of a weird situation this past week. Uh, Julio Jones has stated, I'm out of there regarding Atlanta. No, he didn't openly say that out loud. Uh, a bit of a weird situation where Shannon Sharp calls Julio Jones as he's on the air on ESPN, asks him about Atlanta, and the first words Julio says is, I'm out of there, leading a bunch of speculation. I'm sure his camp's not happy. I'm sure he himself is not happy. Uh, The Falcons did authorize and allow Julio to search for a trade. They are looking for at least a first. Rumor has it might be now looking at a second, but something seems to be coming to a head there on the Julio Jones front. The Miami Dolphins have hosted edge rusher Melvin Ingram regarding possibly signing the free agent uh, player, most recently with the Chargers. Deshaun Watson is also not at OTAs and is still maintaining his request for a trade. The Atlanta Falcons have signed wide receiver Taji Sharp, uh, generally not something too important, however, could make a play at, for starting reps if Julio Jones is indeed gone and there's not a receiver brought back in a trade. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are interested in signing another former Jags receiver in D.D. Westbrook. Uh, This is days after waving Marquise Lee. Antonio Brown officially signs his one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, making it valid and first team in the NFL era to bring back all major rep starting players to a Super Bowl winning team. The Chicago Bears are interested in cornerback Bashad Breland, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, 
more than capable corner uh, would be a nice piece to step in there after having parted ways with a couple veteran corners this past year. And the 49ers sent starting center, Weston Richburg, retires uh, today, Tuesday, as of recording this. But, guys, I figured the best thing I could really look at, trying to rack my brain, figure out what exactly to start talking about to put some ideas out into the universe, help with you guys learning some more fantasy information on how to best approach this, um, I decided that we were going to try to piece together a couple bits of info here. And I've got in front of me quite a bit of paperwork. Something that Gary and I did last year was uh, oftentimes do a fantasy start sit show on Sunday mornings. The key to doing that isn't just really shooting from the hip going, I think so-and-so will be, will be better than the next. It is honestly learning a lot about being able to play your matchups. The start of a new season, obviously a little bit speculative. However, for the most part, you're not going to see a defensive team go from the bottom 10 to the top five very easily. Uh, some drastic changes would need to happen for that to happen. Therefore, I decided to sit down this week myself, do a little bit of homework on the 2021 NFL strength of schedule, which I do have in front of me, and the teams who are playing the most of those bottom 10 teams defensively last year by position. Uh, I'll run down them by the, the, the top four fantasy positions themselves. Uh, the worst team in the NFL this past season in terms of quarterback fantasy points allowed, allowing almost 27.5 points a game was the Detroit Lions. Uh, the 31st ranked team, so second worst, would have been the Atlanta Falcons, averaging 27.12 points per game. Titans come in next at 25.24, so by quite a bit, the Lions and Falcons were the worst two teams you could have faced there. Uh, the Jets are next on the list at 24.75. The Browns at 24.22. Obviously, certain stuff like the Browns are one of those teams that have added to their secondary, had a lot of injuries in their secondary, and that will be noted and, and, and regarded throughout the the uh, episode. The next team on that list would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24.12 fantasy points per game. The Houston Texans at 23.12. The Chargers coming in at 22.62. The Dallas Cowboys coming in at 22.38. And the Las Vegas Raiders coming in at 22.38, a tie for the ninth spot at quarterback fantasy points per game. Uh, kind of an interesting thing. Not a whole bunch of teams that really end up having to face multiples of these weekend teams at quarterback defenses. Uh, running back position-wise, also in last place in the NFL, the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans will tie at 26.12 points per game allowed to running backs. This is where you're going to get a little tricky. Obviously, you can have multiple running backs start a game. It's not as if playing with quarterbacks we're usually going to see one of them the Jacksonville Jaguars are next on the list at 23.38 fantasy points per game the Las Vegas Raiders again making the list at 22.38 the Minnesota Vikings cracking the list here allowing 21.12 points per game to fantasy running backs and I believe this is a non-PPR stat as well here um, the Green Bay Packers on the list at 20.33 the Cincinnati Bengals allowing an average of 19.5 points per game. The Kansas City Chiefs allowing 19.32. The Cowboys allowing 19.25. And the Titans rounding off the running backs at 19.06 points per game. Uh, your receivers, worst teams to defend it, wide receivers fantasy-wise last year. 
The Atlanta Falcons again cracking the list at 28.88 points per game. The Cowboys coming in at 28 points even. The Lions averaging 27.62 points per game. The Tennessee Titans allowed an average of 26.53 points per game. These are definitely non-PPR stats. Uh, The Cleveland Browns allowing 26.33. Again, one of those teams that might have a difference. uh, Added a lot of secondary players this past week or this past offseason. The Minnesota Vikings allowed 25.75 points per game. Houston Texans allowed 25.62 points per game. The Philadelphia Eagles allowed 25.62 points per game. The Seattle Seahawks allowing 24.94 points per game, and the Las Vegas Raiders allowing 24.25 points per game. Finally, rounding it off with the tight ends list, uh, the New York Jets allowed a whopping 11.25 points per game to tight ends, a 1.5 point differential per game to the next best team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars allowing 9.75 points per game. The Kansas City Chiefs allowing 9.68 points per game. The Buffalo Bills allowed 9.47 points per game. The Cincinnati Bengals allowed 9.12, tying the Chicago Bears with the 9.12 points per game allowed as well. Cleveland Browns allowed an average of 9 points per game. The Atlanta Falcons allowed 8.75. The Philadelphia Eagles allowed 8.25. And the Carolina Panthers allowed 8 points per game. Where this all becomes relevant, guys, uh, I did go through, and I'm going to go reverse order, so strongest... So the toughest to the weakest schedule this upcoming season. Um, that way we can break down, and I can give you guys a couple players on each roster who, on top of being already a notable name or whatnot, is going to be facing a rather a rather favorable schedule this upcoming year. Um, we will start with the strongest schedule in the NFL, being the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, and win total projected being at 153.5 wins this year. That's the Vegas odds and what they're projecting. Um, The best position really on that roster, obviously facing a stronger roster, is actually going to be tight end. Um, They have one of the tougher years facing corners this upcoming year. Tight end might be something early and often thrown at. The lack of targets for Nelson Aguilar not returning, and the fact that they see Chicago, Philly, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Kansas City again, and Cleveland getting six targets or six teams out of 17 games uh, really kind of make Darren Waller's numbers pop a little bit more for me this year. Uh, he usually ends up being around the fourth, fifth tight end. I think he's a borderline tight end two this year. I don't know if I'd put him ahead of Travis Kelsey, but I could definitely see the possibility of him being that tight end two pending where you want to viably add him, especially given an easier schedule this year. Uh, Team number two in terms of hardest schedule this year is going to be the Houston Texans. Um, This is a bit of a mess to decipher what Houston can do well. The running backs, they're only seeing about four favorable games. The receivers, which is already a messed up area for them, they've only got about four games as well of of 17 that are real beneficial against these bottom 10 teams. or quarterback itself, however, quarterback Houston will face Jacksonville twice, Cleveland making up three games, Tennessee twice making up five games, the New York Jets, and the Chargers. That's going to give them seven out of 17 games for higher than upside with a quarterback, 
whether that be Deshaun Watson or Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, whoever it is, it's one of those things where it might not necessarily be somebody I'd want to roster at all times, but a player that I'm probably more often looking at who might be sitting on the waiver wire if it's not Deshaun Watson, when I'm in need of a bye week situation, a flex player in those super flex leagues. Um, however, also coming in clutch for them, the tight ends this year, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. They also have six weak games of out of 17 against tight ends, being against Jacksonville twice, uh, Cleveland, Carolina, Buffalo, and the Jets. Whether that be Jordan Aiken finally achieving his potential after we now see Darren Fells no longer take a lot of those touchdown snaps, or the rookie Brevin Jordan step in, one of those two, two guys has a real possibility of being a high-end tight end too, a guy that you're going to probably be looking to flex into spots at times. Um, so quarterback and tight end with, with Houston there, potentially worth the draw. The third hardest schedule in the league this year is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. For being a harder schedule in terms of the teams they face, they do actually have quite a few possibilities with being a potential team that you want to have fantasy players with. Um, alone on this list... Buffalo, Vegas, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Seattle, Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, L.A., Cincinnati, Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland. Literally all but three of their games, they are facing somebody who has a weakened defense. Um, In terms of running backs, Vegas, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Detroit, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City. Eight games are favorable for Pittsburgh running backs. Most likely going to mean Najee Harris. Obviously speculative to take a look, see how their line looks in training camp, and if it's going to gel together. But Najee Harris has the potential for a breakout year as a rookie, especially right around that playoff hope time. Uh, I mean, from week 10 to week 16, out of those seven games, you have five games against what should be weaker defenses. Um, Receiver-wise, Vegas, Seattle, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, Tennessee, Cleveland. Seven of your 17 games against poor secondaries. Whether that be gambling on Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. I personally think that I would avoid Chase Claypool. I think the high touchdown target is going to probably bump him a little higher than most people are willing to pay this year. But Deontay Johnson's drops should bring him down. A lot of people will allow him to be pedestrian in draft standpoint. And I'm very comfortable with where he sits. He had a high target volume last year. Uh, However, Pittsburgh also benefits from weak tight end matchups. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Kansas City. So 70 or 17 again. I don't necessarily want to say I'm going to call Eric Ebron here. I'd be very interested in that second tight end set with Pat Freermuth seeing targets here. So Pittsburgh's a real active team, somebody that I would, as much as the team's starting to disband, be very comfortable drafting my players off that team this year in a fantasy aspect. The fourth team in the hardest schedule ranking, Cincinnati, looking at an average of about 150 projected wins this year. Uh, Cincinnati's got it a little bit tougher Really only picked out the running back and wide receivers for them. The players I'd really be targeting, obviously, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon himself should already be a player on the rise. 
Chris Evans or Puka Williams might be somebody, depending on how their training camp goes, especially needing a receiving back there. But Joe Mixon should be given the green light to be the number one guy uh, facing Minnesota, Jacksonville, Green Bay, Detroit, Las Vegas, and Kansas City, six of his 17 weeks against teams in the bottom 10 last year. Your receivers, whether it be Boyd, Higgins, Chase, might be your headache already due to the fact that you have to kind of shoot fish in a barrel and figure out who's going to see the ball most weeks. However, they do get Minnesota, Detroit, Cleveland, Vegas, and Cleveland again. I believe I might be missing one game on here. But they get five or six weeks as well with the wide receivers against decent matchups. I think I might have Jacksonville on here as well, but I did not have that one tabbed. Uh, so Cincinnati, fourth team on that list. Some players to look into there. Uh, following up, Arizona is your next team on the list. Arizona itself, outside of not having a tight end, it's probably for the best. They aren't facing any tight end week to play this year. Uh, but we do have six games. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Houston, Detroit, and Dallas with weak quarterback teams. Uh, Kyler Murray looking to have a pretty big year ahead, taking the step into, I believe, year three here, and seeing a favorable schedule in the meantime. Running back, however, Tennessee, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Houston, Green Bay, Detroit, and Dallas. Seven of your 17 games against guys in the bottom 10 last year. Um, Granted, Jacksonville did make some defensive moves. Green Bay is kind of odd. Green Bay seemed to be a defensive line problem. They didn't really address that. And Dallas added some linebackers. But for being a potential new starter in Chase Edmonds, and yes, I do believe Chase Edmonds starts over James Conner, Chase Edmonds could be the guy as your late running back two who ends up being a steal for you somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. Um, Also looking at receivers with... Arizona this year as well. Depending on who ends up wearing the depth chart, there's quite a bit of receivers there. But weak games against Tennessee, Minnesota, Cleveland, Houston, Seattle, Detroit, Dallas, and Seattle. So eight favorable wide receiver games this year. That's telling me, honestly, that I really like DeAndre Hopkins as being one of those top probably three receivers this year. Um, But favorable matchups nonetheless. The Washington football team was a little bit tougher. The big standout for them is going to be tight end. Uh, Logan Thomas, probably a fringe tight end one, but faces Buffalo, Atlanta, Kansas City, Carolina, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia. Six games out of 17 where he should be seeing a weaker defensive option there. Uh, The real one that kind of stuck out for me, I wanted to note it on my list here. Last year, fantasy managers were, were delighted and treated by running back David Montgomery having a solid six-game stretch to end the fantasy year that, in most places, either put owners into championships or won them championships. I'm going to predict the breakout this year to actually be, whether it be Curtis Samuel or Terry McLaren, the Washington football team receivers. From Week 12 to Week 17, Washington faces Seattle, Vegas, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, and Philly. All six of those teams were in the bottom 10 in terms of wide receiver points against last year. Washington's Washington's going to be guys that I'm looking at in the draft, hoping and being okay with them having a slow start to really ramp it up in the back half there. So the Washington football team, wide receivers are somebody that I could see building a team around, whether it be a late start or whatnot, but being able to really bolster and boost what you've got around it. The Baltimore 
Ravens. Um, not much help at quarterback here. They do have five games for Lamar, though, to try to boost and, and really help your team there. Uh, but running back and tight end are what I'm after here if I'm a Baltimore fantasy owner. Running back terms, you've got Vegas, Kansas City, Detroit. Your first three weeks, you're really going to be able to see what you've got with J.K. Dobbin. Then you might get a three-week wall. You've got Denver, Indy, L.A. Honestly, if I'm a Dobbin owner at a cheap price or a Gus Edwards owner, I'm probably looking to deal them after week three. Uh, Cincinnati, a bye week, Minnesota, Green Bay, Cincinnati. So you, you might be finishing your playoffs with some strong running back play in the right situation, especially if Dobbins gets a, gets a hot hand. Uh, however, tight end as well, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Chicago, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cincinnati. So six games. Obviously, we have Mark Andrews there. He had a bit of a down year last year, but there's no reason to believe he will repeat that. Uh, so I would say running back and tight end from Baltimore are interesting positions to try to bolster a roster with as well. The Detroit Lions are next on this list here. Detroit was a little bit tougher. Um, I actually decided to roll the dice and go with the only position I liked being receiver, which is interesting being that I don't like Detroit's starting receivers currently. Um, this is something for me where I could see a fantasy... Something you could run a fantasy championship with with a 17th or... 15th to 17th round pick. Somebody that you're going to build out your roster with. Something like a Monroe St. Brown is what I'm getting at. Monroe St. Brown's a guy who should be able to step in, take that slot receiving role for Detroit. Detroit has six of 17 games against weak secondaries. However, Cleveland, Minnesota, Atlanta, Seattle come week 11. Week 11, week 13, week 16, week 17. So that's your playoff push there. Um... If he's, as a rookie, is starting to learn his role, that might be your prime time to have him on or St. Brown and be a fantasy-relevant player at the right time. Uh, so Monter St. Brown's really a guy I'm tabbing out of Detroit, but look at their receivers to help you. The New England Patriots. Yes, I am a Bills fan, guys. This one hurts for me to say. If Mac Jones is the starting quarterback, I have very high notes on him. The quarterback teams that they are facing this year one of the highest volume schedules. Granted, yes, their strength of schedule is pretty high still, but out of top 10 teams that allowed points to quarterbacks last year, the New York Jets, the Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Jets, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons, the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nine of 17 games are against bottom 10 quarterback teams last year. If Mac Jones is there, that almost replicates to me what I felt on Justin Herbert last year. A late round flyer or a waiver wire pickup late in the draft, hoping he wins that job, who is either going to be worth a trade piece to a quarterback needed team or will help you in an injury front to help build that team and get to the playoffs. Also, the newly rebuilt tight end room there, Detroit or New England also faces the New York Jets, the New York Jets, Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So eight of their 17 games against bottom 10 teams at tight end as well. You've not added one but two tight ends there. Janu Smith is a guy I'm very high on for fantasy this year. This only doubles down and solidifies it for me. 
The New Orleans Saints are next on this list of strong, or going from strongest to weakest. Um, something I didn't really want to have to write down and figure, but they do have six games on the schedule versus very weak secondaries. Wide receiver, a.k.a. Michael Thomas, seeing Seattle, Atlanta, Tennessee, Philly, Dallas, and Atlanta all in the back half of the season after after the bye could be something to build a fantasy roster around again. Obviously, you want to be winning early. However, if you can be the hot team down the stretch, that's where, where championships are won. I also do have New Orleans here on a flyer pick. That's right. Tight end Adam Troutman was the number one ranked pro football focused blocking tight end last year. And New Orleans sees seven teams that were in the bottom ten last year. The Carolina Panthers twice, the Atlanta Falcons twice, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. If Adam Troutman can pick up where he left off in college and be a prolific receiver, Troutman has the ability to be the breakout stud at tight end this year. The New York Giants are the next team that I've got on my list here. Not very much to talk about. They do have a good schedule in terms of secondaries to face to help their wide receivers. Uh, facing Atlanta, Dallas twice, Vegas, and Philly twice. Six of their 17 weeks. Uh, enough to give a nod to a player such as Darius Slayton, Kadarius Toney, or Kenny Galladay. The Chicago Bears are the next team here. A team that I wasn't super high on looking at David Montgomery on redraft. However, the Magic's there again in terms of a good schedule. Uh, Montgomery will see Cincinnati, Detroit twice, Green Bay twice, Las Vegas, and Minnesota twice. Eight games out of last year's teams. Uh, so over half his schedule against bottom ten rushing teams. Enough to probably put David Montgomery where the hype will be this year. Uh, for going forward... Not too sure, but this upcoming year, he might match up with the hype, providing he stays healthy. Tariq Cohen also might be a player to look into grabbing at some point on your list. Um, wide receiver as well, however, for Chicago. You do face Cleveland, Detroit twice, Las Vegas, Minnesota twice, and Seattle. So seven of your 17 weeks. Allen Robinson was a guy who already looked in played the part with Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback, still a top 15 receiver, and Darnell Mooney really got the wheels rolling in the back half. So two players, I like Mooney as a late-round pick, um, to keep on the radar for you. The Green Bay Packers, going to be in the same boat, running back and receiver. It's kind of that whole division there, but Green Bay is going to come out with running back, facing Detroit twice, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Minnesota twice, uh, so six of their 17 games against running back. Not as much for Aaron Jones as he's probably going to be a top 10 pick in overall formats. But A.J. Dillon owners might be getting a steal here later on if you can steal a handcuff. Jamal Williams forever was a solid number two back there. Is no longer there. Uh, wide receivers, something more along the lines of Amari Rogers having a better line here. We'll get to see and face Detroit twice a year. Seattle. Minnesota twice a year, and Cleveland giving you six more games there. So, Green Bay, obviously Devontae Adam, Aaron Jones are your top two targets. Your secondary options are guys you can probably make bread and butter, providing Aaron Rodgers is still there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans is a team I have no prolific positions for. Again, that does not necessarily mean 
that I wouldn't draft their players. I'm never going to tell somebody not to draft Derrick Henry. But in terms of getting favorable schedules, any team that they're going to face in the bottom 10 is less than the number five games this year. Um, Obviously, it's not going to guarantee they're going to be bottom 10 teams, and I'm going to make sure that's known again and again. This is all speculation. But Tennessee's schedule doesn't necessarily help them in terms of specific positions. The Kansas City Chiefs, we know Pat Mahomes is going to be Pat Mahomes. We know Travis Kelsey is going to be Travis Kelsey. The real position I'm looking at for Kansas City, however, is wide receiver this year. They will see Cleveland, Philadelphia, Tennessee, Las Vegas twice, Dallas to round out at six games out of 17. Um, That kind of solidifies me thinking on, just like Devontae Adam had, Tyreek Hill being a top two receiver. That might almost solidify me thinking Tyreek Hill as a number one receiver this year. Um, However, it also opens up the door for whoever does win the number two receiver job there, whether it be Nicole Hardman, whether it be, I, I mean, Cornell Powell. That we have to wait and find out, but that's something to keep your tabs on. The Los Angeles Rams, I do have two positions here. Running back, um, running back all after week seven as well. Detroit, Houston, Tennessee, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Minnesota. So six games between week seven and week 16 for the Rams. With this, with what's most likely going to be Cam Akers, who got a hot hand in the back half of the year, looking to tear it up again down the stretch as a fantasy machine. However, also getting receiver help from week five on. Seattle, Detroit, Houston, Tennessee, Seattle, and Minnesota. Matt Stafford's going to have a little time to click. I could see the Rams firing on all cylinders after week five. Those are players I want to have ownership on for the playoff run once that team's really moving. The Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Los Angeles Chargers are somebody I'm very high after looking at the schedule. A lot of people kind of lost the feeling and the vibe on what we're looking at with Austin Eckler. He got banged up. He missed some games. However, Austin Eckler is going to really benefit here. A, A full year, hopefully healthy without Melvin Gordon. No COVID. And eight of his 17 games against bottom 10 defenses. That's right, guys. Dallas, Kansas City, Vegas twice, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Kansas City twice, and Houston. Um, Eight games here, guys, that a healthy Austin Eckler will be able to put points up. Austin Eckler's a guy that, to me, if he's staying healthy and and his hamstring looks good, he's borderline a top five running back this year for me. Also looking solid, though, your running back or your receivers here, and that's including whoever is your third receiver behind Mike Williams now. Uh, the Chargers see Dallas, Vegas, Dallas, Vegas twice, Cleveland, Philly, Minnesota, and Houston. So seven games against a weak secondary. Um, the New York Jets next on this list here. It's funny, the Jets' most favorable position might be their weakest on the roster. The Jets have a benefit at tight end this upcoming year. The Jets are going to really see benefit here as they face Carolina, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Buffalo twice, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville. So seven of your 17 games, the New York Jets are going to have or get the benefit of a weak middle of the field patrolling for tight end. However, that also means that they have to figure out who their tight end is. Can Chris Herndon finally steal that job? Is undrafted free agent Kenny Yeboah going to be the guy? Is Ryan Griffin going to come out to the breakout form he was two years ago? 
A lot of questions to be answered and not enough answers on the table. The Atlanta Falcons are kind of in the same spot here in terms of what they're facing this year. Uh, they had one of the weaker rosters, um, and it's not really helpful to them in terms of who they're facing. I came out of this seeing only tight end, which is intriguing because we don't know if it's going to be the rookie Kyle Pitts, who a lot of us believe is going to be a prolific player, or if they're going to take time to get his feet wet, and it's going to be Hayden Hurst to take the benefit. However, Atlanta's going to see Philadelphia, the New York Jets, the Panthers twice, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Buffalo, so six of their 17 games against bottom 10 teams at tight end. The Minnesota Vikings coming in here. Also going to add, we discussed this somewhat, we're going to go ahead and put running back on the list for Minnesota. Cincinnati was in the bottom. Um, Detroit, Dallas, Green Bay, Detroit, and Green Bay. A lot of divisional games there. Obviously, no one's going to shy away on Dalvin Cook. He was one of the top three running backs last year. Uh, look for him to do it again, though, I guess would be what I'm really sitting here and looking at here. The Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are across the board kind of a mess. I thought they had a better lineup against quarterback, but they only actually have four games. However, they're all against the worst teams in the league in terms of secondary. The real position we're looking at here is the running back depth. Uh, Seattle is going to see Tennessee, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Green Bay, Houston, and Detroit. All not in their own conference. Or not in their own division, sorry. Um, However... Maybe what you need to get Chris Carson's wheels running if he stays healthy. Chris Carson's a real bounce-back candidate with a healthy year behind him. So let's see what Seattle can really push with Carson being there. The Buffalo Bills are the next team on this. Uh, One of the first beneficiaries that I can state that quarterback is going to be a benefit this year. Obviously, we know Josh Allen had his breakout season last year. It's going to help a little more when you have teams like Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, the Jets twice, and Atlanta, all who were bottom dwellers in the league and secondary, with a, another year behind Josh Allen. However, the other position is a bit of a head-scratcher here. The tight end position for, for Buffalo, whether that be Dawson Knox or Jacob Hollister, uh, Buffalo gets the benefit of seeing Kansas City, Jacksonville, the Jets for two, Carolina, and Atlanta. Um, six games where they have that weak middle of the field. It's a bit speculative, though, if Buffalo will be able to grasp that. They haven't really had a great receiving tight end probably since Scott Chandler. The Carolina Panthers now, they don't have much of anything. The team itself isn't bad. I'm not going to tell you to not draft DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, any of those guys, obviously CMC. However, the roster itself doesn't shake down well in terms of benefit on some of these games. The next team, however... Call me crazy, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to walk into this and be a team that you might want to have Trevor Lawrence for a playoff push. That's right, I said it. Um, Six of the 17 games, four of the last six games of your regular season, Houston, Tennessee, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, New York Jets for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence could be feasting during the playoff run for your fantasy team, like Joe Burrow had started to for most teams last year. The Jaguars, however, also facing favorable receiver matchups, whether that be 
LaVisca Chenault making his year two breakout, DJ Chark making the real king of Jacksonville stance, or Marvin Jones joining the team there. Um, Houston for two, Tennessee for two, Seattle, Atlanta. Six more teams primed for the picking in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, if not good, might be fun and explosive to watch this year. The Philadelphia Eagles, next team on this list. Uh, A guy who I've not necessarily been super high on. I did like Carson Wentz. However, the schedule's turning favorably to make Jalen Hurts look like a real stud. Atlanta, Dallas for two, Las Vegas, Detroit, the LA Chargers, the New York Jets. Seven of your 17 games against poor secondaries, poor defenses in general. Jalen Hurts might end up being a prolific fantasy player this year. It would not shock me to see somebody draft him as a backup and run most of the year with him. The Indianapolis Colts, next team I've got on my list, their lineup looks stacked in terms of what will help them. Uh, We'll start it with receivers. Seattle, Tennessee for two, Houston for two, Las Vegas will get you to six games of receiver. Obviously the main issue, who's your number one receiver there? The running back position, however, Tennessee for two, Houston for two, Jacksonville for two, and Las Vegas, seven of your 17 games. Most likely going to Jonathan Taylor, who should be your lead back now. Jonathan Taylor has a very favorable schedule and quite a bit spaced out there for it. The real fun comes at quarterback. That's right, Carson Wenzler, guys. Um, After week... Three, week three starting with Tennessee. Um, from week six to week 17, Carson Wentz has six games against bottom 10 alone. A seventh if you're a league that plays into week 18. Carson Wentz is looking to face Tennessee twice, Houston twice, the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars twice, and the Las Vegas Raiders, all who were bottom end teams. Carson Wentz is a legitimate return candidate here guys um the next team we got on this list though the miami dolphins miami is an intriguing option here obviously we all need to see Kentua take the step to the next level however his schedule will be favorable for that Tua will be seeing las vegas jacksonville the atlanta falcons the houston texans the jets twice and the tennessee titans seven favorable games for a young quarterback will really be the make or break because there's not much excuse with such weak teams. Obviously, yes, a team can turn it around, but teams on this list didn't add much in terms of really helping shut down the secondary here. Um, However, the other real big bolster on this list here, Miami also faces Buffalo twice, Jacksonville, Atlanta, the Jets twice, and Carolina for seven favorable tight end matchup games. That, to me, makes Mike Gusecki borderline a top five tight end. He started to really come on in the back half of last year before getting a couple random injuries. I like Gusecki with this schedule quite favorably. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the next team on this list. We all love Tom Brady. We all love those receivers. Time to talk about those tight ends, however. And not necessarily Gronk. O.J. Howard, prior to the Achilles tear last year, was starting to really get a connection with Tom. O.J. Howard and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady face Atlanta twice, Philadelphia, Chicago, Buffalo, Carolina twice, and the New York Jets. Eight of 17 weeks 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers should have the favorable tight end matchup there. Um, I think if I'm an owner, I'm letting people go crazy on Rob Gronkowski and hoping that connection's still there for eight, or for O.J. Howard as my second tight end and building upon that as a fantasy owner this year. The Denver Broncos are a real fun team to look at here, guys. This is the only team on my list who has a favorable matchup at quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end in more than six games. Quarterback, obviously pending who gets who wins that job. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, we don't know yet. Denver faces Jacksonville, the New York Jets, Vegas twice, Cleveland, Dallas, the Chargers twice, and Detroit. Nine of 17 games against bottom 10 defenses in, in Denver. That's big. If it's Drew Locke, I could see Locke having a resurgence here. They've got the parts there. They've got the health back. I'm interested, again, very highly, at least as a flex play, as, as, a, as a pickup, in what Denver can do in the secondary. Doesn't stop there, though. Um, running backs, Jacksonville, Vegas twice, Dallas, Kansas City twice, Detroit, Cincinnati. We've got eight weeks of running back, whether that be Javante William or Melvin Gordon. Wide receivers, Denver's coming out again. Vegas twice, Cleveland, Dallas, Philly, Detroit. You got your six weeks there at receiver. Tight end, Jacksonville, New York, Cleveland, Philly, Kansas City twice gets you to six. Denver might be one of the most surprise high-scoring offenses after looking at this and having one of the weaker strength schedules this year. Denver's in the prime picking for you to go pick up some of these late-round guys, whether it be a Tim Patrick or a K.J. Hamler, uh, an, an, an Albert Akpagwanam. I mean, Noah Font, if people are down on him after being banged up last year. Denver's offense is in prime position to strike and be a fantasy winner. The Dallas Cowboys, however, the third weakest schedule. Not much to prove against bottom 10 teams here. Not saying don't pick up Dak. Obviously a little concerned with Zeke. But none of these guys jumping out with a schedule favorable to them. The Cleveland Browns, the second-to-last team here. Their strongest position on offense continues to be strong here. The running back position, Cleveland sees Kansas City, Houston, Minnesota, Cincinnati twice, Detroit, Vegas, and Green Bay. Eight of 17 weeks, the the, the Cleveland Browns will have that advantage at running back in terms of what they would have faced last year. Obviously, things change. We know that. However, it's something I'm very intrigued in looking to set up. If you get a chance at a running back from Cleveland, buy high. The last option on this list here, quite a bit of color on this, the weakest schedule in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. My big love here, San Fran walks in with eight wide receiver favorable matchups of those eight from week 12 to week 17 all but one of those games is against a very weak wide receiver team and most of these teams on this list did not do anything to fill out and help the secondary that's right brandon Ayuk, debo samuel they're not super high. Yes, I'm sure someone's going to overdraft Ayuk. He, he had a great rookie year. Debo Samuel is going to slide on the radar. He did not do much last year. However, you're looking week one, Detroit. Week two, Philadelphia. Week three, Seattle. 
take a break realistically week five to week 10. Arizona, Indy, Chicago, Arizona, the Rams. Week six, you, or week 11, you come back Jacksonville. They're not on that list. They weren't great, but they're not on that list. Minnesota, week 12. Seattle, week 13. Week 15, Atlanta. Week 16, Tennessee. Week 17, Houston. San Fran wide receivers can make or break a team this year. I'm going to go on record and say that. Guys, 32 teams. A lot of speculation. Hopefully you followed along with that. We talked about a lot of people. Um, I apologize if I droned on. It's not my goal every week to just be the only guy talking to you guys, but hopefully you are more than happy with dealing with my voice. Next or next time, Big Gary should be back. My dude Gary Holt returning, hopefully feeling better, a little under the weather. But we'll find some fun stuff to talk to you guys about then. Guys, I'm going to go. It's a wrap here. Hopefully got some good stuff in your brain. Let us know if you like what I talk about, if it makes sense, or if you think I'm absolutely out of my mind. Hit us up on Facebook. Fan or at FB. Let me double check what that is. Yeah, hit us up on Facebook. At Fantasy Beasts FB Pod. F-A-N-T-A-S-Y-B-E-A-S-T-S-F-B Pod. P-O-D. Or check us out we're also always on twitter it's the only one that i actually have up on my my own personal phone at fantasy beasts fb f-a-n-t-a-s-y b-e-a-s-t-s-f-b guys we are more than willing to talk to you guys we want to be open talk to you guys we want a good relationship with our fans so if you like what we're doing let us know if you hate it let us know as well we'll try to change it and maybe you won't hate our face but until next time you guys keep on looking for those fantasy beasts We'll show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.